You're listening to Metal Gear Mondays, and one of the things you can do to help support the show if you enjoy it is go to patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. It's kind of like PBS, where we're supported by listeners like you, except not as beneficial. This week on Metal Gear Mondays, we go way, way, way back. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to Metal Gear Mondays, the official, unofficial, super unofficial indie Metal Gear book club, games club, podcast, roundabout, talk about show, where we talk about Metal Gear and all things Metal Gear uh, from start to finish, top to bottom, inside and out, left to right, unless you're Japanese, right to left. And as always, I'm your host, Alessio Summerfield, and this week I am joined by not Samuel Wright, but joined by Isaac <laughs> Lim. Where's Sam? I miss Sam. Sam's actually actively, while we're recording, driving to Seattle, Washington to move his entire life right now. So let's all, even if you're driving, everyone close your eyes and send (laughs) your good vibes to Sam. Um, And we're joined by a guest. This week we are joined by Craven Knight. Hey, yo. How's everybody doing? I'm really happy to be part of this show. A quick and easy fan that just kind of came out of nowhere. You guys kind of fulfilled my dream of coming out with this show as every year or a few months I would look for a Metal Gear podcast, and here you are, and here I am. Thank you, sir. That was uh, that was very succinct and articulate. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, now we're just happy to have folks on, and uh, especially folks that share like passion for the games, and uh, especially somebody who's been as active in commenting and responding and chatting with us about it so i think oh, it's super cool definitely um, and yeah no it's awesome um before we dive too far into anything i do want to talk to you craven about sort of what like how you kind of got into the series like what it is about it that sort of kept you like playing the games like sort of where you're at now with the games, stuff like that like what's kind of your background with metal gear so my background with metal gear is uh it started probably when i was about 11 or 12 years old uh when my older cousin. Uh, I, I, I grew up in New York, and at that time, my older cousin kind of played all the games that I never really got in the beginning. So he was mm-hmm. playing Metal Gear. I saw him, I think I originally saw him playing against the uh, fighting the high D. And, uh, <laughs> hey, that was a good snake. That was a good snake. <laughs> I always wonder if I do an okay snake because I only hear myself and no one else ever hears me do it. But you uh, just do it in your bedroom when I'm just alone and I'm when I'm just alone. <laughs> just I'm just alone and just practicing my snake just for opportunities yeah. like this. But no, solitary like, uh, snake. Pretty much playing solitaire as solitary snake. But um, 
But no, I watched my older, my older cousin play uh, video games most of the time. Typically, Metal Gear and the Resident Evil games because I was a scared, I was a scared little bitch when I was a little kid. <laughs> Hell so, yeah, to cool, cool older cousins, dude. I've totally yeah. have played many a Silent Hill through a cool older cousin. Oh yeah, so. I even had a, a buddy of mine that was a couple years older that I watched him play Silent Hill games because I was too freaked out by it. But yeah, uh, me too, man. Me and Isaac both actually. I think we're yeesh. a bunch of soft boys on this show. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Me but um, but no, uh, he was playing, uh, fighting the high D with the, uh, I think the Nikita missile or whatever, and mm-hmm. um, and I just, I was really drawn to it. I was just really into it, just the action movie feel of it, and because I really loved action movies, even some of those really obscure action movies that we may remember as kids, but you try and bring it up and describe it, and no one has any idea what the hell you're talking about, and yeah, like a fever dream movie, yeah. And and yeah, I was really into it watching him do uh, play the game. And then my mother bought me a PS One for Christmas, and she ended up giving it to me early because I knew she had it because she went to Sears with me and just told me to go look around <laughs> while she go purchase it. And wow. so I ended up uh, she ended up giving it to me early, so I pretty much didn't have a big Christmas gift that year, and I got Crash Bandicoot um, warped, I think. Nice, and, nice. And then the summer after. I think it was like for my birthday, I got Metal Gear Solid. So I, and I still have that same original case to this day. I just don't have the booklet. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I played that game and I remember playing it all the way through. I even got the strategy guide, which I still have to this day. Um, that I helped use pretty much, I wanted to find everything within the game. So that was kind of my intro to the game, um, at least playing it or at least getting into mm-hmm. it was with my older cousin and then finally being able to play it on my own, which being a little scary, scaredy cat too. Um, it was, oh, it's intense, dude. Like it, it the ninja is. hallway and yeah. stuff like that. Like, that stuff it's super is it's spooky. very dark, and it's like, you know, especially has a dark hue to it, and it's uh, it's intense, and but it's really just, it really pulls you in, too, and I, I really loved it, and I really, really dug how complex the story was, even though, as a kid, I had no idea what the story really was, but I was really intrigued in learning everything about it, so I was so excited at the idea of, like, a second one coming out. That like I seriously only purchased a PS2 specifically for Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and for Siphon Filter 3, which turned out to come out on the PS1 anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, but no, I was uh, I even saved up my allowance. I got like thirty dollars a week. I saved up my allowance and whatever little extra money I would get, and saved up to purchase a PS2 with my own money. So I was like the first big That's giant awesome. purchase I ever did as like what 14 15 years old was getting that ps2 playing metal gear solid 2 i pre-ordered it at toys r us i didn't really need to but i did i got nothing special with it and then i <laughs> didn't get to play it because i shared a room with my sister who decided to go to sleep early on um like <laughs> uncommonly early around eight or nine o'clock so i can barely play it but uh, you know i played it i only played the demo uh for metal gear solid 2 at a toys r us i never actually got the demo physically for myself mm. so yeah, i had to sure. i remember my neck being in pain because the screen was like 10 feet up <laughs> like yeah. directly angle above it, my like head. 180 Always. degrees from your face yeah. yeah it's awful but yeah but that that's pretty much like my intro to the game and being into it buying the action figure uh i remember finding the action figure at toys r us and dropping the action figure after playing with it all the time <laughs> at like oh, 12 no. 13 years old and playing with the action figure i dropped it and the head just popped right off 
but I use uh. I use I use clay and put it inside just to hold it in place because I didn't have anything else to put in there. But uh, but no, I was like just obsessed with the game. You know, to that point, I even got to when I got when two came out, I got some of the toys. I really wanted to build the Metal Gear Ray because mm-hmm. if you got the action figures for Part Two, they all came with pieces. Oh, that's right. Kind of like Marvel yeah, Legends right. do now and all that, and the new Power Rangers uh, legendary figures that come out. That you can build the Zords. You can build the mm-hmm. Metal Gear Ray, and I wanted to do that, but I only had the one figure. I think I had a. I think I only had the Snake. I don't think I ever got a Raiden or anyone else. But mm-hmm. to this day, it's like there's like one comic book store, collectible store that sells the whole series of the action figures from Metal Gear Solid One, but they sell them all as a bundle instead of oh, uh, like I'm every sure individual like dollars or something. Actually, it's not that much. It's probably about one hundred and fifty dollars if anything is doable. But like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that I've always wanted was to have the entire series. But like, to be able to That's build crazy. a little Metal Gear Ray would be freaking awesome. But no, ever yeah. since, ever since I've been so obsessed with that game when Metal Gear Solid Two was coming out, I got the EGM, the Electronic Gaming Monthly, and whenever they did a cover story on Metal Gear Solid Two, I just cut all the magazine pieces out and put them on my wall. That's how obsessed with it I was, <laughs> and and then so we had a, like a true blue like Metal Gear fanboy on the on the show. Oh yeah, I, I freaking love that game so much. And then three three came out, and I didn't jump into three as hardcore as the other ones. And I think it was just an odd time because I think that's when I started working. I was working at McDonald's oh, at the time, sure. so but I did also play Twin Snakes. But I, I was working at McDonald's, and I saved up my money. Even though I didn't have bills at the time, it was easy for me to buy a GameCube. So I bought mm-hmm. a GameCube specifically for Metal Gear Solid <laughs> Twin Snakes. That's and awesome. Then, yeah, but um, but I can go on and on about that stuff. That's well, pretty much where yeah, it all started. Man. No, that's, yeah. that, that's perfect. No, yeah. I love it. One, like, as much as, as as easy as it is to, like, point a finger and be like, oh, man, like, that's crazy. You bought a, you bought a console just for a game. Yeah. Uh, as I was thinking about it, it's like I totally bought a ps3 just for metal gear solid 4 and then i totally bought a ps4 just for metal gear solid 5 so like i'm right there with you yeah and i do Um, i do have a funny story about because the metal gear solid 4 is the first game that i uh pre-ordered to where i went to the midnight release oh and and uh, and in minnesota i live in minnesota and I live in kind of mm-hmm. Emmergrove Heights, Minnesota. So it's like kind of like a small suburban like town that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, out of the way from actual Minneapolis, probably like 20 minutes away from Minneapolis. And mm-hmm. so but it's when you think about stuff like you think about New York or California or anything like that, when a big title comes out or a big movie comes out, you think, oh, my God, it's going to be a bunch of lines. It's going to be sold out. Not out here. It's not like that out here. <laughs> How many people so, were there? Uh, it's probably about less than 10 like you know nice did, yeah. so did you get to like chat with a bunch of other like metal I, gear I fans did and it's weird because like okay so i am a kind of if you look i'm very athletic looking guy mm-hmm. <laughs> i stand out from you know from the typical kind of nerds that you would see kind of like whether they're overweight or there's a very scrawny or just very timid like that wasn't me and i was wrestling uh, at the craven's time a, craven's a solidus <laughs> yeah, icon, if you will but uh but so you're no a bur- burly octopus man is what you're saying <laughs> pretty much and so i'm just kind of there and then this is like a weird time because they had I, th- I think it was a red bull some type of energy drink but they had these girls come out in a truck in uh in like <laughs> one of those sponsored cars with uh, with with the you know the big uh i think it was a red bull with the big red bull on top and there's like these really pretty girls that came and stuff and i just kind of felt we- all the guys around me were very timid shy and kind of to themselves and like the girls 
one of the girls came up and like me, I think because I kind of felt like the out, because usually I'm very shy. I'm very to myself. I'm not very outgoing when it comes to girls, pretty girls. I'm very I'm like freaked out by girls sometimes, <laughs> but at least I used to be then. But, but when they came up, like one of the girls was like, so what is this game about? And I'm just like, oh, none no. of the guys are really saying anything. And I'm just like. The kryptonite of all Metal Gear fans. What is this game about? It's like, how do I explain (laughs) it to Yeah, so I tried to explain it best I could to eventually getting to... Yeah, it's very complicated. Uh, It's not... It's it's a really complex story, but it's a very fun and, you know, very interesting game. But the the story is pretty complex and all that. You should have handed uh, her, like, a 300-page, like, college dissertation paper. Like, I've been waiting for for this day for a girl like you just to ask, so... Here's a Here you go. Case. Go read all of the stuff. Get back to get back to me in a week and let me know what you think. But um, that's amazing. Uh, my phone no, number is uh, mixed into that document. Yeah, so it's uh, it's in between the lines. And <laughs> but no, like I got I got the game. I got the pack that came with the uh, DVD. Um, I think it was the second half of the uh, the what was it? Because I ended up buying one of the. What is it? I ended up buying one of the things on eBay. It was uh, the video. That's kind of like a documentary of the game, oh, or yeah, and yeah. all that. It's the two part, the two part DVD. Well, no, that's uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, where it was like the pre order DVD, and then the okay. second DVD came in the box. Yeah, because subsistence. Yeah, and I think with four there was like a making of Blu-ray. Yes, that that I watched, and I, I for some reason I decided to try and watch some of it before I fi- finished the game. So uh, and it said like do account. not yeah it said like do not watch this if you haven't completed the game I was like okay I won't and uh, no and no no I didn't I didn't watch it no not oh, until okay. after <laughs> but like I really dug it but whenever I have to read subtitles I kind of get completely out yeah. of it but like For but sure. yeah that was I got that and it came with the CD and I think because of the CD that it came with with the music from the game that that was the beginning of my obsession with uh, listening to the scores from the game. Where it's like the music from Metal Gear Solid is like music that I can play in my head all the time. I, I am. I even listen to it at the gym. I'll listen to it if I'm trying to read a book, which is like awesome because like you know wordless music (laughs) is very intense. The book gets very intense. Like I'm reading a I'm reading a freaking you know uh, autobiography about a wrestler, but for some reason it's very intense and full of action with the music. (laughs) But no, it's um. But I love I love that music, and uh, you guys reminded me after listening to one of the podcasts. You guys were talking about the skateboarding in Metal Gear Solid Two. You reminded oh, yeah. me of the uh, Metal Gear Solid Two theme, uh, the cool version that they came out with. And I was like, oh my god, I wanted that version so bad. And I, you know, YouTube it and all that stuff. And I have YouTube Red, so I can stream it while I'm like at the gym and all that stuff. But but no, I I'm obsessed with the music, and it kind of started there. And I would listen to it at work and stuff while I'm doing stuff. Even so much to this day, and this is not, and I'll end my rant on this uh, with, because uh, I do tend to ramble, so I'm sorry. But, uh, no, you're totally fine. But uh, whenever I ha- I'm doing, I'm working on a task, especially at work or anything, and I'm finished with the task, I typically go, <laughs> so I do that little thing from like you know the VR missions and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. and like that's usually how I finish tasks. And then like I know I'm done. It's like dun, 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 dun. I'm done. I'm out of here. So, so yeah. yeah, Colonel Campbell would just be like, "Great job, Snake." Yeah. What if he's uh, a impressive, tank? Snake? 
or yeah. damn. <laughs> <laughs> then the game, uh, the game over. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I don't finish just, like, fast enough, so I get the, <laughs> I don't do it in good time, so I get damn. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's a good thing too. So like, uh, your your story. Uh, is actually kind of perfect because, like, eventually we do want to talk about, like, action figures and do, mm-hmm. like, an episode on the music. Yeah. So you kind of touched on some really cool shit that we, yeah. we can talk about later. Um, Before we dive into <laughs> our la-la-la-la-la, uh, um, <laughs> um, before we dive into the, uh, the show proper... Craven, uh, I feel like we've given this honor to a couple people in the past, so feel free to take or pass um would you like to sing a little song that has something to do with isaac oh yeah <laughs> uh, la, 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 la. yes all right <clears throat> stretch it out uh, let me smoke a few cigarettes um <laughs> all right. warm tea fumbling in the dark with isaac Lim. man <laughs> that one was scary i tried <laughs> i, I, I tried to be a little bit kind of like Metal Gear Solid Four Snake, where he's just like he's very raspy and destroyed. He's like, I don't care, I'm dying. Well, technically, if it's if it's part of what we're covering, uh, yeah. you you should have coughed and like thrown up three or four times <coughs> in the middle. Of it. <laughs> All right. So Isaac, what do we yeah. do? Um, <sighs> I'm kind of. Honestly, I'm drawing a blank because it's been a few weeks. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, oh man. Let me think it through. Yeah, because we did record I, like two episodes <laughs> on the same night, like two or three nights uh, in a row, okay. and then we had the break. So, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Act three, Sam's favorite part. Um, we played finger guns with. <laughs> and, Mr. and Patty's favorite part. And Patty. Oh, oh Patty. Yes. Oh, man. Where's Patty when you need him? <laughs> yeah, right. I, <laughs> I, I will so say great. this for people, uh, for people who like Patty's uh, liquid impersonation. I think uh, I think Zach, uh, Zachary James, friend of the network, uh, might be writing a script where Nick Ziegler, <laughs> Zach, and uh, Patty come together to voice different snakes. Oh, so that's excellent. If they end up recording that, we'll have to play it on the show. Awesome. Isaac can yep. though. And then um not giving you a free pad. <laughs> <laughs> so then we play um we play old school uh with evil Eva and evil Eva. <laughs> <laughs> she does a couple jumps doing her best Eva Knievel uh impersonation. Oh, yeah. on Which her, has been turned into a meme thanks to our <laughs> listeners as well. <laughs> on her trusty motorcycle. And then um, we play finger guns with Mr. Ocelot, man. And he destroys everybody. Yeah. Everybody. He um, even cooks a big body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the barbecue. He was, he was marinating for so long, he had to cook eventually. <laughs> you got you to taste just nice and, nice and uh, moist after being in that bag for so long. Oh, Jesus. can't I forget feel like that. marinade bag, big boss. Yeah. My favorite thing. <laughs> He's preserved just properly. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. So yeah. Craven, what, do you give, what, what do you want to give? What do you want to give Isaac rating wise? I'm going to give Isaac like a. Uh, I'll give him a seven. A I seven. Give him a decent seven. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, seven and three fourths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
got the fractions going. <laughs> oh yeah. I promise I'll do better. Maybe. <laughs> but maybe <Nice>. not. <laughs> um well, yeah, so this week we are going to be covering Act 4, um, which, uh, Craven, thank you for the awesome background, because uh, we're yes. going to dive into a lot of where this series started yeah. for a lot of people. So, hell yeah. I have so to say, is- I am truly honored to be part of this part, because this is indeed <laughs> my favorite part, in at least my favorite playthrough of any Metal Gear, out of all the Metal Gears, is this specific part. So be my first time on here, and being part of Act 4... The beginning of it, of it all is freaking awesome. So it's nice. so good, man. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I forgot how like I remember the first time I played this part, I really dug it, mm-hmm. but I forgot how cool it was. <laughs> oh my god! I, literally, because it was a huge surprise to me. Like I remember actually almost tearing up. Like I don't have a lot of tears to shed, but when I do, <laughs> they really mean something. And it was for Shadow Moses. <laughs> That's awesome. We we wept for Shadow Moses. Yeah. I want that on my like gravestone. Well, the funny um, thing is, like with wrestling, after a while, it's like, well, no one knows that. Every time I say I'm, because I'm from the Bronx in New York, mm-hmm. I don't sound like it, but that's where I'm. Like, I grew up, but I always said like, oh, from the Bronx in New York. But the announcers always get it wrong and say from Brooklyn, New York. And I was like, oh, screw it, I'll just come up with something wacky. And it's like, say it's from Shadow Moses, New York. And he was like, what That's is, awesome. what, does that exist? And it's like, oh, wow. it's from a video game. So if anyone knows what it's from and they see me at intermission, they can talk to me about it. That's bad. <laughs> that was, my, that was that like, my, like my favorite wrestling thing. <laughs> uh, that'd be, that's my calling to any Metal Gear fans in a wrestling show is just like, let's talk about Metal Gear for a little bit. Because I literally, same case as you guys, the reason you guys came up with the show is that I'm in the same boat as you guys where I had nobody to talk to about this game like the Mm -hmm. people that i do they only play it a little bit or just know very little about it or only know that it's complicated but not as Mm -hmm. into it as i am or as you guys are or the fans of the show are so yeah that's awesome well fuck yeah man this is gonna be a fun fun act so yeah act four As always, we start with our sort of uh, obligatory mission briefing. Uh, funny aside, uh, Craven and I were talking before Isaac showed up, and Craven uh, didn't realize that there was a mission briefing, and so you went back and you watched it. Uh, is that right? Well, I knew there was a mission briefing. I was thinking about it. I was like, do I, I don't. I, I know where my save is because I, I told you before I have a specific oh, yeah, save yeah. save file for Shadow Moses. So if I ever felt like playing it, I can go to it. But. Uh, I don't. I knew I wasn't gonna have the mission briefing, so I, was, I for, what I forgot was that the mission briefings are in the main menu, so you can see mm. them. You can see oh, whichever right. one you want. But uh, I ended up before I even put the game on a day before, I ended up just watching the, the mission briefing. It's like twenty minutes on YouTube, so the watching mm-hmm. that. So I didn't get to interact with it like with the you know, the Mark II or Mark III um, mm-hmm. as it was going, so I couldn't collect anything. So. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think as far as the collection aspect goes, I think it's just like another attempt to get the Otacon uh, okay. face face uh, camo. Um, okay. Hmm. Because you guys keep uh, saying you guys keep saying that because I didn't really look into much of like specifically how or what you collect throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So 
being someone who said that they're so obsessed with the game, I didn't look that much into it, but I think it's a matter of just getting older. But uh, mm-hmm. you guys kept mentioning how you bump into people and stuff comes out, and I never even knew that. That was completely yeah. foreign to me. Yeah, it's super weird. Like I don't, I don't know if the item itself actually falls out, but if you run ram people with the Mark II, it'll make a noise mm-hmm. whenever you got a thing, mm-hmm. and then after the mission briefing is over, it'll be like, yeah, Here's what it'll you tell got. you like All the right. pickup sound. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know so, if I maybe have um, done it on accident, but I never realized that like if I actively just ran into people, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember how I figured it out the first time, but I definitely figured it out whenever I was playing for the first time. Without, I imagine without a guide or anything. I imagine it's where the characters are in a specific spot and you can't get around them, and you just keep ramming into them, hoping they move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as always with the other mission briefings, this one does kind of open with that sort of like egg scene. Yeah. Um, the weird thing about this one is Sonny is singing the uh, train stations, the yes. Japanese train stations that uh, uh, AI Colonel Campbell kind of freaks out and mm-hmm. says in MGS2. Yeah. Um, and I think they make an appearance in the other games as well. Yeah. And um, I believe I believe also like at the beginning of all these briefings, whenever. And I don't remember if you guys mentioned it or if I saw it in like a retrospective thing on YouTube. How every time she makes an egg, the eggs are supposed to symbolize something or supposed to mean something for mm. what's coming. Yep. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, well, so, that explains the weird thing that happens with the yolk. Yeah, the yolk combines. That doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Like yolks don't like combine <laughs> in so, a frying pan. I think it's supposed to be like Sunny is some type of fortune teller with her eggs, but she's not telling anyone the fortune. It just happens, and we see it. Oh, so, and awesome. I, for some reason, I was thinking the combining of the egg yolk was supposed to be a, you know, like what is it? Liquid Suns is the title of the thing. So, I'm thinking it's supposed to be, you know, when Liquid and Ocelot combined. I think that's what it meant, maybe. Uh, I'm not oh, sure. Gotcha. That's at least how I saw it, trying to find the symbolism in that because I knew the for eggs sure. are supposed to mean something. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. I had no idea. Well, yeah. the more you, the more you know. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, so essentially for the most part, I mean, I I know like all these mission briefings are roughly between like 15 and 20 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Um, this one for the most part though, it kind of like it hits what it's going to tell you in mm-hmm. like the first 5 minutes. Um, and then they just repeat the same thing <laughs> like 3 or 4 times. Like it's kind of frustrating that it yeah. goes on for as long as it does cuz like like having so that we, oh. having that friend that has to force things to make it very dramatic when it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, kind of. Like it's super weird because so like for all intents and purposes, the mission briefing could have just been what we see at the very beginning, which is like the Mark II um, having jumped aboard the ship with Liquid and Naomi. Mm-hmm. Um, we see like the video feed, and so we see this like eavesdropping of a conversation between Vamp, Naomi, and Liquid. Um, and essentially what they say, and again, <clears throat> they're going to repeat this part several times, so we're just going to go ahead and say it right here. Um, Liquid says, hey, we need to nuke JD, which uh, is sort of the AI core that controls all of the Patriots systems. Um, and then he's like, oh, it's hiding in space in some debris in a satellite. Um, and then they're like, well, how are we going to do this? All the nukes are controlled by SOP. We need a loophole. Oh, like, let's go get Metal Gear Rex. We can shoot a nuke with its railgun. Um, and then the video cuts out, and literally for the rest of this, it's, 
Otacon telling Snake the exact same thing, and then Roy Campbell jumping on and being like, y'all talking about Metal Gear Rex? And he tells us the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> like, it's super weird. I love like, your perception of this. <laughs> He's just like, hey, Colonel Campbell here. Uh, you guys talking about Metal yeah. Gear Rex? That's cool. I want to talk about it. my two cents. <laughs> yeah. you, y'all talking about Shadow Moses? I love that shit. What's going on? Like, it was the weirdest. Like, I don't know. I yeah. just don't understand how like Roy even knows what... Because like, every time he Kodak calls... I don't know if it's just like he's saying the same shit and they just don't want to be like, Roy, we already know, dude. Um, or if it's just like, I don't know. It's like it's it's like he has to be listening in somehow is yeah. what it feels like. He just has it on the background. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he knows. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, to kind of go a little bit more in depth as to why the hell Rex is required to nuke this AI in space. Um, essentially what it is is like they co- go a little bit in depth, um, mainly because Mei Ling calls, which is super dope. Um, we get to see sort of MGS4 graphics version of Mei Ling. Mm-hmm. Um, and she calls from aboard the Missouri, which uh, she says is the only boat, which is super weird. It's the only boat that's not controlled by the SOP. Um, and so she's like, oh, it's fine. Like, I can use this boat. I will meet you guys. Let's all go to Shadow Moses because I've been able to trace that that's where Liquid and company are going um, because they want the Metal Gear Rex. Um, and then Roy Campbell kind of tells us uh, Metal Gear Rex never got retrieved after the first game. So literally for the past however many years, 16 years-ish, uh, there's just been a Metal Gear in yeah. the middle of a base in the middle of an island in Alaska doing just a nothing. Nuclear robot just hanging out there just sleeping. Yeah. It shouldn't just, work yeah, at essentially all. Essentially sleeping. Yeah, it's hi- hibernating. <laughs> um and so they're like, we gotta go out there because essentially what it is is the Metal Gear was built before SOP started getting integrated into all of the Metal Gears. And so Rex can be piloted manually and they can use the rail gun on Rex to shoot a nuke into space without requiring clearance. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. I'm not a scientist, but I feel like <laughs> if you nuke something that's in the Earth's orbit, um, that good things absolutely cannot happen. <laughs> um, so, um, like the specifics, does, I don't know, but yeah, I am like, pretty sure that's not good. Like, yeah, like I just even if he hits his target, isn't that gonna like fucking permanently ruin parts of the planet? <laughs> well, you uh, you saw Iron Giant, right? He did the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody survived. So that's true. By uh, yeah, <laughs> by that I theory, guess you don't know until you find out. We'll see. Um, the big thing too that I thought was kind of curious is like they do like some kind of weird hand waving where they're like. Oh, everyone who was involved with Shadow Moses either died um, or they're us. And so, like, no one knows. It's fine. Yeah. Um, that felt really weird to me. Like, I feel like, especially, like, if we take um, Metal Gear Solid 2's kind of extra options as canon, um, Natasha uh, Romanenko wrote a fucking book about Shadow Moses. I read that whole thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then and then another guy, like a journalist or something, wrote a book about Shadow Moses. So I read that like, three times. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the weird thing about peanut butter and tuna. Do you remember yeah. that part? It was super weird. Yeah. Um, 
But but like if both of those things exist in the universe of Metal Gear, why the fuck didn't somebody like go check out this Shadow Moses place? Well, if that um, journalist if that journalist is uh, you know telling any truth to what you know adventure he went on, because I I try to imagine in my head every single time I've read it, and it's like it just comes out very ridiculous. There should be like a little mini cartoon of it. Yeah, um, right. Because he comes in just riding like with the insulation of a big giant fish over mm-hmm. his body from you know what it says in a book, and then in the end he's like captured by uh, by some military, and then he is saved by some dark Im- from some dark figure. He doesn't know who it is, so we don't. And I was never sure who it was alluding to. It's like, well, yeah. Snake is not just hanging or hanging out at. Um, Shadow Moses he can't be, and also it's mm-hmm. like it can't be Frank. He's dead. He got crushed. It's like who the hell mm-hmm. would it be? So it just it seemed like a weird ending to it all. But like, yeah, it's it's an insane story, and I think a an, uh, a cartoon of it would be really cool. Would do yeah, somebody should do that on YouTube or yeah. something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, long story short, we're all just going to Shadow Moses. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Right as I was like, cool, like, let's finish the cutscene and let's just do this thing. Um, Riding in the corner is just like, don't forget about me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, everyone's just coughing because, like, by the way, like, this whole time Snake's just, like, hacking up along Mm -hmm. the whole cutscene to the point where it's kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of distracting where, like, people are talking and then dude just, like, almost throws up several times. Yeah. Um, Or at least it sounds like it. Yeah. and then essentially Raiden and Snake get into this, like, I wrote in my notes, full-blown poetry battle. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I took that away from it, too. It's like, these guys are talking to each other in a way that two men would in two men like this would never talk to each other. One of them being half a robot, one of them being a freaking clone that is, yeah. it has accelerated aging. It just seems very odd. It's super, it's like, I everywhere I go is shadow. And then Ryan was like, I don't have a family. And then Snake's just like, nowhere that you go with like, me will ever have the daylight. They're trying like, to outbitter each other. It's like, yeah, yeah exactly. you're not meant to live. Well, like, I have no family and I have no this. Yeah, well, like, uh, I can't reproduce. Or Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, my favorite is Snake's just like, I'm about to become a walking weapon of mass destruction. And then Ryan's like, like right, he dude, should, you got me. Like, he should gloat about that, if anything. So yeah, like, was... I'm, a, I'm a fucking weapon, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this: this is the first time I noticed that Rex, like R E X, is capitalized. If anybody knows what the hell Rex stands for, um, no or if it's idea. like even an anagram or anything like that of anything, I don't, I don't think it's like each letter stands for a thing because I don't see any periods. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to me that Rex and Ray are always capitalized. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never really noticed that either. Like, I'm I'm searching to see if anything comes up, but nothing, <laughs> nothing is really sticking out. What is supposed to mean? For sure, I'm sure it like I don't know. I'm sure it has something to do with like the reference to the animal or the fact that it's like a, a weapon. Um, yeah. Did you guys? So they mentioned that like okay, I thought it was interesting that they were like, oh man, Shadow Moses Island, uh, like the water is rising. So I kind of get this implication that it's like due to global warming, which uh, I thought was actually fun. That uh, Metal Gear is just like the ice caps are mel- melting, dog, and it's like cool. Like our whole fucking country can't even agree on this, but Metal Gear sure as fuck knows what it's all about. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're just like ice caps are melting. Shadow Moses is like falling into the ocean. Like hurry up and go. So I kind of had it like it was neat. I felt like there was a little bit of urgency, even though like islands don't go underwater overnight. So I don't mm-hmm. really know what that was all about. Um, 
but on top of that, I will say that um, for me, it sort of seemed like in the midst of like a pretty serious conversation here at the end, Snake fell asleep. Did you guys get that as well? I feel like Snake, <laughs> like I know that he wakes up after the next scene, but it feels like he totally just like dozed off in the middle of this conversation on the Nomad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't I, I don't really remember that, but I think uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I'm not really sure if I remember that. Towards I just the end, watched, I just watched this like a few days ago. Yeah. The, at the very, very end, if you notice, like right after Raiden's like, all right, I won't go with you. I'll yeah. let you do your thing. And Otacon's like, all right, let's go. If you look, Snake just like his head kind of slumps. Okay, yeah. And like he just kind of like he looks like he's just like silently like breathing. And, <laughs> and like it's almost like in the middle of talking, he's just like, I'm too old. Ooh, it's all it's all that poetry just completely <laughs> wore him out. Yeah, I bet. That's no. true. Oh um, man! And he wakes this up. Is definitely, this is definitely the act of old age too. Yeah. I feel like at some point, uh, this whole act just becomes old man jokes for like the rest of the act. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's get to the fucking meat and potatoes of this act that yes. everybody wants to hear about. So, Snake falls asleep. What happens after Snake falls asleep? Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going where Isaac oh, was going. <laughs> I expected everyone to be really I didn't know excited. what was going um, on. <laughs> holy shit, it's Metal Gear Solid 1. And yes. uh, holy shit, this is the reason why this game can't be on any other format. Because mm-hmm. uh, Sony, I'm pretty positive, owns the rights to partially to Metal Gear Solid 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the fact that uh, this scene is in the game means that you'll probably never see this game on PC or mm-hmm. Xbox. Yeah. Um, but holy shit, like it's literally like Metal Gear Solid 1 is inside of Metal Gear Solid 4. And yeah. uh, did, okay, so I'm going to say for, well, I guess for Isaac is a little bit different because this is his first time playing mm-hmm. that. But uh, for at least for you, Alessio, um, when you got to this part, probably probably not so, so much for you because you probably played part one so much but like i kind of had a mini freak out trying to figure out holy crap how am i going to control this how am i going to do this like this weird (laughs) like i don't know i kind of somewhat (laughs) even though i played it so many times i kind of had a little mini freak out because of the adjustment but i also just nostalgia freak out just like oh my god i'm playing a little bit of the first game like how like am i gonna play and then it's just gonna morph into back into the game or do i have to play up to a certain point are they gonna make me play the entire metal gear solid one before i continue the game (laughs) so like i I, I, I was really unsure. Like play all of it. Yeah. I, yeah. What, what, what were your reactions so, against the play-by-play? I'm guessing I had the same reaction as Craven, and it was like a sort of a mini freakout because I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> <laughs> so the game broke. Yeah, it just, it um, looks really weird. It was it was very bizarre, but it was very cool, and I was like, um trying to f- trying to remember what I did the first time through because <laughs> I was like crap I hope I hope I can remember where to go um, yeah you've had everything just like microcosmically shoved into your brain in the last uh, like 15 months a little bit where it's like most people have been able to like I guess play all of these games like over multiple and over times and over, over the course of like a couple of years yeah I've had like well, one little playthrough and then oh on to the next one <laughs> on yeah, to the next. well to me in my head I just imagine Alessio just uh having Isaac in a bunker 
where Isaac lives with oh. hired mercenaries just having him like, here, play this. Okay, 15-minute yeah. break. Come back. Play this. It's like keep that, going. Uh, keep playing this. Okay, now that, this. What's Read that this. Uh, little uh, mini show where they that that guy that really sucks at <gasps> video games? Game Center CX? Yes. The greatest show ever. Game Center CX is so good. That's, yeah, you're like Ariana. That's like me because uh, I suck at <laughs> video games. <laughs> we should just film that. Have you ever seen that show, Craven, as a I, quick aside? I can't, I can't say I have. It doesn't sound familiar. Oh, it's so fucking It's hilarious. Okay, so Spike, uh, Spike TV actually picked up the first season, and, and uh, I think they dubbed it or they did subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can go on YouTube and find, like, whole episodes. Wait, wait, what, premise, what is it? So it's called Game Center CX. The oh, Game Center. The show okay. is this guy named Arino um, is made the manager of a video store. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been made the manager of, like, the video game department. But mm-hmm. he doesn't know anything about video games. So what they do is it's partially, like, reality TV and partially, like, staged. But, mm-hmm. like, so, like, Arino is not really the video manager of a game section. Um, but... In real life, the guy who plays Arino is awful at video games. Yeah. So the whole show is them filming him playing, like, the hardest, most, like, obscure, fucking crazy video games. Man, this um, must have came out when, like, I just stopped watching Spike TV. Because this was a good period of time so where I stopped funny. watching it. Because this, this must have came out after, uh, what is it, the... Or maybe that was... Uh, the freaking... The the one that was before Ninja Warrior, the the dubbed one. Oh yeah, uh, MXC. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost in that same vein. Where yeah, they, like, it seems up, like, like a it. weird Japanese show. It's really good though. Um, yeah, and then like in the middle of it, they'll do like he actually goes to the game developer and interviews them about the game he's yeah. playing sometimes. <laughs> um, but it's super crazy. So yeah, wow. I could not give a better uh, recommendation. I gotta check like, that out. Weird Show. But yeah, that's Isaac. For that's me. I'm locked in a room. We have for to give Isaac like hot pads from time to time and like help bandage his hands. <laughs> but, oh yeah, man. so it's yeah, it's crazy. Um, and for everybody at home who maybe has never had experience with this game or like haven't don't have an a- uh, access to play the game, um, I would definitely recommend uh, Tetra Ninja uh, YouTube user T E T R A Ninja um, has like an entire walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in 43 parts. It's pretty good. Um, he does a little bit of commentating but it's not like over cutscenes or anything so you can effectively play like watch the game um but the part of the of mgs1 that we do get to play is the helipad so it's Mm -hmm. like right after the dock section um but right before the tank room um and we just get this super cool helipad section that has all the bells and whistles of the actual metal gear solid one like Mm -hmm. they didn't strip anything down at all Mm -mm. no but there is no SOCOM in the truck, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the chaff grenades in the middle of the helipad with the spotlights. Mm-hmm. There's the guards patrolling. There's the sort of camera cutscene. Um, and I think essentially it's from like the moment you enter the building, either from above or below, that it just like goes back Snaps to yeah. MGS. And you just wake up and you're. It's almost like you have the mask on and you morphs from Metal Gear Solid 1 Snake to Metal Gear Solid 4 Snake. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. super cool, and then Snake says, "Like I had that dream again," which is kind of funny. <laughs> He's constantly like, dreaming of that one part. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys do any? Because I, I mean, honestly, I kind of beelined it just because. So, the reason why we were on break last week is because I moved into a house, and me and my wife got sick, Woo! and just all oh, kinds of that. crazy shit happened. Um, and I know it's cool that we live in a house now, but yeah. it was just very stressful, and we had to like move in the middle of like literally a four day thunderstorm. Oh. Um, so it was a little crazy. Yeah, but, the weather um, working I, against you. 
Yeah, I would have liked to have been able to like play and take my time, but mm-hmm. instead I had to like slam Book through it. this. Yeah. Did you guys kind of discover any sort of neat little things during this sort of like flashback sequence, or Isaac? I'll let is you that go first. Um, I didn't really discover anything new per se. I did um explore around because I was feeling a little bit nostalgic and um uh, sneaking around i guess and crunching the snow sneaky sneaky um but then i (laughs) so i forgot where i was supposed to go i thought i was like (laughs) (laughs) you're you're in a box you're just like where do i (sighs) i forgot about the vents for a second there um and yeah so that's awesome there's that yeah and all the original sound effects and everything are there yeah super cool like i will say the one thing that's kind of aggravating is if you're playing on like an hd tv it does like standard Mm -hmm. death the mgs1 stuff Mm -hmm. so like the rest of the game is like almost i want to say it's 1080p it might be 900p i don't know but whenever it goes to the mgs1 stuff it's just like a box in the middle yeah just a little box But um, which is fine. I'm sure they didn't want to upres anything, but yeah, but it didn't really need it. Like at least it was how we remembered it, if anything. For sure. But uh, when I got got to this point when I jumped down and then Snake is like, oh my back, and uh, <laughs> but then just like t- that, actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then Otacon tells you that there's you know a gecko in the area because you land a little bit more in the outskirts of what you're familiar with. And uh, so you're landing in a hill area, and you got to go down to where the helipad is. So, but there's a gecko there, and I, I thought I remembered there was like oh, like two of them, but I think it was just it was just one, and at least when I was playing it this time. And I remember that freaking me out, and the gecko still just freaked me out because I thought it was like a weird thing to deal with because I'm such a freaking pussy. But um, <laughs> but just like I was able to sneak past it no problem without attacking it. I think in like playthroughs after my first playthrough, I would use. Because I, I would use a Crying Wolf's rifle. I would carry that oh, over, and I would real, use yeah. that and just like let it charge and get it in one shot, and awesome. which I ended up doing later on. But <laughs> but yeah, no, some tough little bastards, man. Yeah, they they are, and especially if you're just using like trying to use a regular gun and bullets. It's it's a tough and huge waste of time. But uh, you get down to the area, and then it starts playing uh, the. The theme that plays at the end of Metal Gear Solid 1, which that is a song that I grew obsessed with ever since mm-hmm. I finished the, the first game. I, mm-hmm. I love the sound of that music. I don't understand what it's saying, but I, I love how beautiful it sounds. <laughs> and like I would, that's a song I even listen to at the gym. I would still listen to it to this day. It's one of those things that people hear me listen to. It's like, what the hell are you listening to? It's like, this is really out of character for you. It's like, I really oh. love this freaking song, and I think because of what it means to me. But, um... I would, uh... I think, yeah, that moment, like, that moment, too, when you crest the hill, because, like, so essentially what happens is when Snake wakes up from his, like, flashback dream, uh, he then gets to where he needs to be, Otacon dumps him off, and then essentially we're in the middle of, like, a huge snowstorm, um... And what's super dope is, like, you're kind of, like, at least for me, I was going through this snowstorm area mm-hmm. and was like, where the fuck am I? Like, yeah. Am I going to see parts of Shadow Moses that I didn't get to see during one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, kind of and, what I was hoping for, too, is, like, seeing things I haven't seen before, but then they just, <laughs> they kind of yeah. throw things in there that were never there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, you, like, hit the top of the hill, and, like, the snow is pretty intense, so you can't mm-hmm. see that far. Yeah, and it, then get, it gets all over the screen. The hill, yeah, all of a sudden you're just in the middle of the heliport in yeah. modern day, which is super cool. Yeah. So that's kind of like taking us up to where we're at now. 
Yeah. So we're, you know, we're at the helipad. I'm just, and me, I did kind of explore around to see if I'll find anything. And, and pretty much uh, nostalgically, they kind of put stuff you know, as if they should, like rations would be in the same spot that they were years ago. Of what it was supposed to be like nine years ago. That you, yeah, it's like you shit, originally dude, you got it at this point. Yeah, like yeah. I already got this already, didn't I? And it's still here, and, but it should be frozen. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to eat it. But uh, but no, they have stuff just planted kind of in similar spots. They still have the chaff grenades in that same spot. Um, I for some reason I was thinking there was going to be like a quick little flashback when you go to the camera and he goes surveillance camera, and uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little thing, but I I, I must have remembered wrong or whatever. But then you can call crawl through a vent in that room where that camera was into the other side which i don't remember if that was there before mm-hmm. was it yeah i don't think so i don't think it was yeah because uh, well, like two rooms like i'm i'm kind of thinking that maybe there it was there before at least one of the rooms but but yeah it's um but yeah it's i i don't remember that being there in the first game being able to crawl through a vent and mm-hmm. get to another to the other side and there's this room that you can't really get out of but you crawl to the other side and then there's a room you can get out of it's supposed to be yeah, right I can't, in front. I, can't remember. I feel like so there 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 are a couple different ways to get into that tank area from mm-hmm. some lower vents, but I don't know if there's one in that surveillance camera room. Yeah, in the in the first game, no, but in this one, you're able yeah. to go through and just kind of get some stuff. And there's like a little cot there you can go under and get yeah. some stuff. But then in this it's case, the um, the tank hanger door is kind of cracked open. Mm-hmm. And you can go right Which through the front door. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, it's you like can go fuck. through. <laughs> so I can go right through I spent the front so door. Long. I spent so long <laughs> yeah. not going through this front door. Now I can do it. Yeah. But yeah, they but they had to make it a lot more complicated by having. The, do, do these things have a name? The freaking trench coat guys? The creepy guys. The, the creepy ball hand guys? <laughs> creepy balls. Well, I guess not because like geckos are the huge. Metal Gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So geckos are the Metal Gears, and then frogs are the... The chicks. Yeah, I don't know and... what the hell the little balls are called. Let, yeah. me, let me hold on. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 4 ball enemies. What the hell are these? <laughs> Somebody's going to be like... Some, yeah, some, oh, dwarf geckos. That's dwarf geckos. Huh. Oh, okay. Huh. But Somebody yeah. that was listening to us is just like, God damn it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's new. Uh, I should have known, but no. But no, like, it yeah. had a bunch of those in there, which, like, you see them rolling around and stuff. And at the time, I had no idea how to really sneak past those because you don't really – that's the first time you're encountering them to where you're in a situation where you have to try and sneak past them, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I kind of cheated and just, like, threw the chaff grenade. I was okay. like, fuck it. I know, like, you, pay, you have to pay to unlock the chaff grenade, and I know you can't buy – Mm-hmm. more traff grenades and you mm-hmm. can only carry four at a time so like it's a little bit of a limited resource but i was like fuck it and yeah. just like threw it so i could run through yeah um and if you if you do that for and i don't know if it's just like different difficulty modes or whatever um, but there's actually like two geckos in the tank arena that you fought vulcan raven in okay um, yeah and i don't know if it was like my chaff grenade just like lingered long enough but like they never triggered for me really they okay trigger for you guys because you can see them like balled up in the corner yeah they triggered for me definitely yeah. um but i kind of i also cheated because i unlocked the javelin uh yeah a little bit uh so <laughs> my first my first time playing through it's like i didn't I think I wanted to sneak past them because I love trying to sneak, but I end up not being that great at it. So 
I ended up just getting spotted right away because I wasn't sure how their their mechanism worked. And then I noticed with the whole laser thing that it is. But uh, I didn't. I don't think I ever really tried using the chaff grenade. I knew it probably work, but I don't know. If, I, I think maybe I tried it and it just didn't last long. And I pretty much the first time around, I just started shooting them all. So I just got. <laughs> I just started shooting them all. But then the gecko would come to that front door eventually from where you originally started, and would come mm-hmm. there and start attacking too. So you have to attack that as well. So I was kind of in a situation where I had to do that. And this time around, I was able to. I just went through the vent. I went to the top vent. But then I, as soon as I got out and I was like, as soon as I get out, I'm going to get spotted, at least this time around when I played. And then I got down and I immediately got spotted. And I'm like, damn it. So I just uh, I jumped all the way down. I got into like I, I think I ran through the door, the uh, the uh, the door where, you know, where you have to call Merrill, like that door mm-hmm. with the gas and you have to use a yeah, cigarette like to get through. Yes, that, that cargo door. <laughs> and I get there. And before I open or I go, go through the other side, I'm just kind of sitting there and just kind of letting them i think they just stopped looking for me so i just started kind of sniping them with my rifle and just kind of shooting them like you give them a couple shots and they'll explode and i just kind of doing that picking them off like one by one so i want to explore the the tank hanger a little bit more and see if i find anything i never found before and uh but i didn't really find a whole lot but it was still kind of fun i want to see if the elevator worked i don't think i ever tried before (laughs) But yeah, um, that was the thing that pissed me off the most is like there were so many things that I wanted to uh, check out, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "Fuck, I do not have time. I just have to go, 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 go." Yeah, and I was just like, "Ugh." Um, <laughs> but I'll definitely, I'll definitely, since this playthrough, I've been saving like in every zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely be sure to like come back and and fuck around at some point. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it's super fun. It's a cool, it's a cool revisiting. Did it mess with any of you guys that it never had to load? <laughs> oh, like having, yeah. having played the original Metal Gear, I was so used to like, oh, I just went through the door. Let me wait, wait for the load yeah. screen. Yeah, and that it did just never did that. It did cross my mind how odd it was that like it wasn't loading. And I think the only time it did load is when you got past the gecko in uh, the first area where you fight uh, Raven, um, mm-hmm. where one of them did wake up for me. I think you said one. They didn't wake up. Or they yeah, did. they didn't wake up for me. I don't know okay. if it's just because I threw the because uh, I threw the chaff grenade the moment I saw the geckos in the tank hangar. Okay, um, and so I don't know if I just like went fast enough to where the other geckos didn't get triggered. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I think as soon as I got over. close to one, one of them woke up, but the other one didn't. And so it was uh-huh. the one the right side that woke up, and he started going around, and you hear Otacon's like, oh, my God, that gecko, he's, he's awake. And uh, sna- then I just kind of sneak past him, and, and I was able to just sneak past him and all that without them seeing me, but, but yeah, it was. I just couldn't remember. I was like, do they wake up or do they not wake up? It's like my period between playing these game, like this game has like been so long that like little things I just start to forget. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that little portion freaked me out. I think I remember the first time them both waking up, though. I'm not sure. Okay, I guess yeah. it's just different huh, for everybody. Curious. Yeah, right, I know, on a like, randomizer. Difficulties. It's supposed to be like pretty tough. As yeah. Well, so I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if it was just a normal difficulty thing, but well, it's like well. one of those things that reminds me because you know the different difficulties. And I don't remember if you guys talked about it when you're playing Metal Gear Solid Two. Was that because I remember playing on hard on Metal Gear Solid Two? When you get to the point where you have to freeze the the bombs, there's oh, more. Yeah. There's more bombs. So oh, it's like, yeah, there's like one uh, more additional bomb in different areas. And I remember, like, 
I think in that one little area that you have to go through to get to the bridge that has all the bombs that you can't get past until like you're done with that section that I just I couldn't find the bomb. And then I realized it was like right behind me or some shit like that. Or I think it was like right under me in a really odd spot or some (laughs) shit like that. Yeah, truthfully, I mean the difficulty modes do kind of shift the game. Yeah, which I think I think is really really freaking cool that they do do that. They really make it. Con- they don't just make the enemies harder, like with longer li- lifespan or longer health bars, but they make a, they add difficulty in every aspect mm-hmm. instead of For just sure. one. For sure, it's almost like doing like a new game plus in like Dark Souls one or something, All right. or Dark Souls Ooh. two. Excuse me. Um, well, sick. Yeah, so right after that, too, we, um, like you guys sort of alluded to, we end up in the war- Warhead building, kind of the nuclear disposal area from the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no nanomachine lockout to keep you from firing your gun this time. Which yeah. Is great. <laughs> um, there aren't any enemies. I don't think there are any en- enemies in this zone either right now or when you come back truthfully mm-hmm. um so it's not, not when easy. you're going not when you're going through and you get to the elevator and then you get to that computer room for sure um which is nice that they give you like time to kind of and they totally intentionally are like hey take it in yeah go for a walk kid you deserve <laughs> it um so it's like very fan servicey um but i dig it um don't stay out in the cold for too terribly long because if you notice like not only does snake get snow covered on his suit but mm-hmm. he can also get sick yeah and stuff like that um which sucks so it's cool to kind of be able to kind of jet straight into this sort of inner inner area um yeah essentially what ends up happening is Otacon's like hey just use the door and snake's like what like i don't have to use the elevator he's like no no no, use the door (laughs) um and then snake goes to the door and the door's like i'm locked and otacon's like fuck uh you do have to go to my office my bad Snake's like, all right. (laughs) well it's like you you have this uh little bit of a tone from snake where i kind of took it as like oh okay i get i kind of wanted to do it this way but i guess i'll do it the easy way (laughs) yeah that's kind of a little bit what i got from it it's good. It's funny. Um, so there's a little bit of sort of back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and then, like, of course, the game is just like, nah, dog, like, go see more of your favorite places. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We take the elevator down to, I think, B2. I don't think the B1 button mm-hmm. works. Yeah, exactly. just B2. Yeah. Um, and so we go down to B2 where, if you remember correctly, uh, essentially you can uh, do the whole Nikita sort of hallway sequence. And this is right before the Cyborg Ninja hallway. Um yeah. And so I think it still remains in the way that it remained then. So, like, the glass is blown out from mm-hmm. where you shot the Nikita at the generator. Yeah. Um, you can't go through. So, like, when you go straight down and it T-bones, you can't go left because the, the door is blocked with debris. But you can go through the window. And there's a song uh, in there. I think it's, the like, an anniversary, 20-year anniversary song or mm-hmm. something. Um, and a couple items. But for the most part, you're just going to the Cyborg Ninja hallway. Um and then to Otacon's office. What's cool is like, and we didn't mention this earlier, but when you go past specific areas, like on the helipad or in the cyborg ninja hallway, it'll do this like sound, and then you'll hear like an audio clip that's yeah. like echoed out and kind of flashbacky from the original game. Um, so you'll, you'll hear things like oh, D," or you'll hear things <laughs> like "Oh my god!" Like when the ninja's like cutting people in half and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's super neat, but you end up in Otacon's old office, and uh, it's not only a nostalgia trip for us, but also a nostalgia trip for the characters, because yeah. they talk all about, like, hey, this is where we first met, and, like, how crazy is this? And there was, um, and there was a little spot uh, when he tells you to go to that door, to just go to the door, and it turns out you can't open it. He gives you a code to remember, 
They, and it's kind of like a challenge to the player and a little a jab at Snake as well. Because uh, <laughs> I remember playing it the first time. I was hyper alert the first time I played. So I remember the, I remember the number. I wrote it down. But this time, I think because, like, you know, I, I take commissions from people to, like, make stuff and all that. So I was, like, going back and forth with, like, two people on my phone while playing the game. So while the cutscene was going, I completely missed the point where Otacon oh, told me the number. Yeah. I thought it was coming later. So I was thinking... And so I got to this part, and he's like, do you remember that code? And I was like, shit, I don't remember him saying any numbers. Uh, oh, my God. This is the first time I'm going to forget the code. So I was like, well, I don't know what happens. I guess I'll do it. And I just put in a random number. And he was like, Snake, that's not the code. Oh, yeah, didn't man. the psych meter go down as well? I think it goes down a little bit. And then uh, <laughs> and then he just kind of belittles Snake a little bit and just kind of gives him grief about his memory. And then Snake goes... Uh, Oh, because like, oh, I have it written down right here, and it's like, if you had it written down in the first place, what the hell you need me to remember for? But uh, yeah, right? but then, um, but then Snake's like, oh yeah, I I just remembered it right now. <laughs> like right after you <laughs> this, like that insecurity. It's like, oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I just I just didn't remember it then. But yeah, that that was like the first time I dealt with that, and it was just like, god damn, I I did not hear when that actually happened. Yeah, it's super. It's it's funny. Um, there's stuff like that, and like Otacon calls him like an old geezer at yeah. one point, <laughs> and all this other stuff. So it's kind of weird. I know the minute we uh, entered Otacon's office, my immediate first thought was, "Oh, I wish there was a pee stain." Like where <laughs> yes. peed himself, yeah. and then later they name drop it. They're like, "Oh, there's still a stain." <laughs> like, oh, that's weird. Um, but yeah, um, there's the Police Knots poster where it still used to be, which is super cool. Um, they've replaced one of the posters with the Zone of the Enders 2, which mm-hmm. I was sort of like, hey, wait a minute, you didn't used to be here. <laughs> um, and uh, Snake has to keep jabbing himself with more syringe drugs um, yeah. just because he feels like shit. Um, yeah. But essentially, Otacon's cutting on the power and uh, unlocking the doors and stuff like that. Um, but he comes across some surveillance tapes where we can see that uh, Otacon uh, notices that Naomi and Vamp um, are actually like they've been here a couple hours ago. Yeah. So the stakes are kind of higher now. Um, which it's weird the moment that like they're like, oh man, the stakes are high. They've been here a little while ago. All of a sudden, Otacon and Snake start shit talking Naomi, <laughs> like a boy, a boy's powwow. And I'm like, shouldn't you be speeding up? Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Shouldn't be focused on the task at hand instead of just like you know berating some chick that you thought betrayed you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like why don't why don't you guys ask her when you get there yeah. and just go ahead and get there um it's yeah it's a little bizarre but um and also we forgot to mention so the metal gear mark 2 um has been lost to uh conflict and now we have a metal gear mark 3 yeah um which i think is just different in name i don't know if there's actually any oh and there was a there was something i wanted to point out uh when they were on the boat when the mark 2 was on the boat how uh-huh. when because you know it has like these little cursors that focus on certain points when it's on the men oh, it focuses yeah. it focuses on their faces but when it was on Naomi it focused on her butt and on her legs. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Metal Gear! Even you're a pervert. <laughs> and Everyone it goes like right pervert. between her legs, and then it like hits her, and then she looks at it, and then he grab it and all this. Well, stuff. isn't that yeah. isn't that snake controlling? 
the Mark II. Was it? Oh th- yeah, maybe. So, hmm. Well, I don't think he was controlling it whenever it was on. No, the maybe boat, I, I think I think yeah, when it was on the boat, when Wait, it was, was just kind of on its own. Maybe one. I think of it them. was. I'm assuming it was Otacon. It has to be Otacon because Snake is probably sleeping. But uh, <laughs> but Otacon <laughs> Otacon had to be c- controlling it because it was kind of alone and it jump on there. So I think when because I think the whole idea is that the uh, Mark II is following you around. Yeah. The entire time, so mm-hmm. and so, Otacon has to be controlling because that's Otacon's way of being at your side the entire time. But then, yeah. in order to make sense of you being able to control, or at least the Mark II just kind of roaming around and you getting information, it has to make it look like Snake is controlling. It. And I think that's just like a little, just a little gem to throw in there at the fans to show Snake on a PS3 controller, the controlling yeah, right. a little robot. I think that's really what it mainly is. But I think ideally, what it's supposed to be is Otacon controlling the Mark two or three the entire time mm, for sure well i'd say two on top of that the uh, there was an interesting tidbit where i noticed that on the screen for the mark ii um it says uh like oled which is like the oled is like uh sony's sort of like proprietary screen okay. tech or whatever so it's like mm-hmm. the same screen that they use on like the playstation vita and stuff like that yeah um so there's just a bunch of weird like sony yeah it's like jerking har- yeah hardcore sony advertisement throughout the entire game yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, outside of that too, um, there are a shit ton of flashbacks, like the like the press X to see flashback, mm-hmm. um, just like in this whole section uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but one of my favorite things was they all get nostalgic about the fucking key cards. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> There's me? a flashback like, for the key cards. Hated that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about? I don't want to have a fucking level five card that can't open level two doors." Yeah, like, don't. Don't mourn the loss of the key card. Yeah, because even in uh, Twin Snakes for the GameCube, they changed that too to where whichever card, I think that's what they did. They changed it to where you didn't have to keep oh, yeah, switching. Yeah. It was just kind of like part part two where whatever updated, like if you had the highest level card, then that was the one card you needed to open up the lower levels. Like it made sense, but yeah. But that for was sure. an annoying annoying aspect of the game is that like you had to keep switching the cards. And it's like, God, this freaking sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, and that sort of concludes a little bit of like the nostalgia trip within the office. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some things in here like uh, uh, compress and like rations. And was the PS One magazine? Was the PS One like still there? I don't. Oh, I don't remember sort of looking around. Look for it. I didn't look yeah, around for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. It would have been really funny if they put a GameCube in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's yeah, a bunch of uh, like police knots posters hanging up mm-hmm. and whatnot, yeah. but. Yeah, I just can't remember if that sucks. Damn it. I should probably I'll double check. We'll double check. If you know, please write in and tell me. <laughs> um but yeah, so we essentially just go back up uh to the elevator and go uh back up to the door floor. Um Well there is also really... the gecko that was in that hall, the electrified floor room area. Oh it's a matter right. a matter of sneaking past that thing and like how how do you guys deal with that situation right there? Fuck, I'm trying to remember what I did now. I don't even, yeah. I didn't even take a note. You probably of just yeah. sneaked right past him then. Yeah, probably. because uh, this is a, a point where I think I chaff grenaded again. Did I you? Think I, like I just I was speed running this. Okay, shit. yeah, I was yeah, just you like, were. Grenade, I'm out of here. No, like uh, the first time around, I freaked out because you know it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like a jump scare in the game, as jump scares get in that game. But uh, mm-hmm. I didn't use the chaff. I just I didn't notoriously use the chaff grenade like as much as like you're really supposed to, I guess. But uh, I snuck around and I kept thinking like because the 
electrified controls are active. Mm-hmm. Like they're still, they show, it kind of highlights. Like you can still use it, but I go up there. Because oh, I, I think the first time around, I kept trying, I, I fought the thing. I kept trying to destroy it. But I was like, I really want to use electrified floor. There has to be a way. I never did it before. And then I go, I crawl, I go around after it turns around and all that. And I get to that little panel. And I, and for some reason, I immediately just realized that, oh, yeah, it's the Mark III that's going to turn it on, not Snake. So I, <laughs> I automatically started using the Mark III. Mark III has the little um, the wire to connect to the thing and just kind of whip at it and turn it on. You turn on the electrified floor and it destroys the Mark uh, or the uh, the Gecko right off the bat. So mm-hmm. That's badass. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, right on. Yeah, I think right after this, so we do we hit the elevator. We go back to sort of the top of the warhead area, and then we kind of book it for the door. I can't remember if there were any dwarf geckos that appear. No, no dwarf, no, no dwarf the gecko geckos. Came back. A gecko appears out of nowhere, like an RKO mm-hmm. just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> like, where the hell did this thing come from? Is it just hanging out on the level that we couldn't even get to? Like, it just comes, and I'm like, son of a bitch, I got to deal with this too. I have no the way elevator. to destroy this, huh? I'm, I know, I know. He used the elevator, but like, where did he come from? <laughs> <laughs> where did he go? Where did he come from, Cotton? Yeah, no, I'm sorry, that was awful. Yeah, um, I'll let myself out. I apologize, gentlemen. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, as we kind of get through this area, it's super weird. Um, the like, there's two boss fights in this act, um, mm-hmm. and this first boss fight's like right the fuck here. Yeah, it's just sort of like boom, here you go, go for it. You did good. Um, so this act is kind of, at least this first half of the act, is very chill. Like, it's just like nostalgia. a fun nostalgia trip. Yeah. Now fight a boss. <laughs> um, but we're kind of, uh, essentially what I did was I kind of, uh, you get like an SVD in a storage room before the cutscene area and some ammo and stuff like that. There's a shit ton of stun grenades. And mm-hmm. so I bought the stun grenades and smoke grenades unlocked through Drebin to kind of prep for this. Also, I was doing a little bit of homework to see if I could find like an easy way to take the boss down that wouldn't take forever because I knew that this fight was a little bit more time intensive. Um, and I found a neat little trick, which I will tell you guys about when we get to it. Right. Um, but essentially, we trigger this cutscene um, with a big scary dog railgun beauty and the beast unit member Mm -hmm. um it's the one from the beginning that took down the fucking war dozer yeah um and uh here we are essentially snakes just kind of like hawking up along still um and uh this uh beauty and the beast member just like pops out of the back of the dog and uses the railgun as like a sniper rifle uh and essentially tries to snipe Snake's face, and then he dodges it like the Matrix, and the boss fight And a bunch of frogs are here, too, just to kind of make things worse. But essentially, we're in the Sniper Wolf arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, uh, I guess this is this game's version of the end, in a way. Like the sniper boss battle, where it's yeah. like this huge open area in the middle of a snowstorm with a bunch of frogs. Um, and we have to find the boss. And she randomly generates kind of where she's at at the, at the beginning of the, of, the, of the map when you fight. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's a little different for everybody, but I wanted to kind of round robin this thing and let you guys kind of tell me about how your experiences went first before I kind of dive into what I did on mine. Isaac, uh, sure. would you like to? Oh, oh. Isaac, would you like to? Give oh you, man, yeah, let's do that. Isaac, we'll do the Isaac. Um, Isaac, how was yours? Your first time? Uh, well, I will say it was frustrating to be um, concise. I died a lot during this part um i thought it was a lot of fun because it was the you know the snowstorms kicking up and you're, you can't really see very well so you got to put the night vision goggles on with that being said if you're going about this the way that they want you to and i think it's with the with sniping and whatnot um because otacon goes in and comes in and says use the sniper snake um, <laughs> uh, Icon comes in and says, "Let me tell you how to play." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I tried that a couple times, and it was very frustrating because I could not get um, consistent shots off, um, and it was getting time crunched to when we were recording this. <laughs> so I was like, "Crap, I'm not going <laughs> to be able to complete this part." So actually, I might have done what you did, Alessio. Um, if I could guess, because you said smoke grenades and um, oh shit, and, I think uh, you did do what I did. <laughs> Stun grenades. So I watched this playthrough, and this guy's crazy. He beats this guy, uh, beats Crying Wolf in like two minutes, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like less than a minute. Yeah, probably. it's like forty-five seconds once wow. he actually finds. <laughs> so her basically, in the what he does, he gets his night vision goggles on, and he um, books it to where he thinks crying wolf is and so i do the same thing which is towards the you go up to the left a little bit um and you try to avoid the frogs and everybody um which is not too bad mm-hmm. and then what you do is you alternate between throwing once you find crying wolf the the beast um alternate between throwing smoke grenades and stun grenades and all it takes is like 3 stun grenades and it's gone <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah it's crazy because like so, so you smoke grenade it and then the the uh crying wolf just like kind of gets like i don't know she like starts paralyzed and almost, kind of stuck yeah, yeah. Wow. and then you toss like three stuns and they do a shit ton of non-lethal and then you just throw another smoke and she can't move and you just do three more stuns and it's over yeah like it's crazy damn so Man, I never knew that. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> Good job, Isaac. I feel like I Sorry. wasted 40 minutes of my life. <laughs> Team Isaac and Alessio on this one. Sorry to steal your thunder, Alessio, but... Oh, no, weird. you're fine. It was fun. It was crazy. I didn't even realize that like we could do that until I stumbled across the same video. Yeah. I was like, hell yes. <laughs> I was like, Should have looked for something. No, like I uh, struggled a bit because I have this weird anxiety whenever a boss battle <laughs> begins. I'm just like, crap. Like, I just kind of <laughs> feel weird when it's like, oh, I'm just getting into the cutscene, and now I have to watch, now I have fight to fight. Yeah. yeah, actually, I have to <laughs> make some work, and make some effort. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I struggled a bit, because I was fighting, I was fighting the, uh, the frogs and stuff, just trying to kill them, get them out of the way, because I felt like I needed to. And, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of look, and because of snow, and also my battery was running out on the uh, solid eye. So I oh, couldn't damn. really use the night vision all that much. I couldn't really snipe well because I think because my stress was so high in the game, and uh, and my um, my stamina was so low, 
I just I kept shaking, so I couldn't really focus the sniper rifle. So I kept having to kind of I don't know do my best to use the the other rifle and just kind of get the laser sight on her best I can. But uh, but eventually I I, did, I think I died a couple times, but I eventually I eventually got her. I was able to. There's like tends to be like little corners that you can kind of hide that she can't get to you. When she's kind of roaming around and just kind of jumping around and attacking and all that stuff. Because there's a point where she'll jump. If you're out in the open and she runs at you, she'll pounce on you. And she'll yes. kind of jump on you and you have to try and get her off or shoot her or some, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, especially with, like, all the frogs and the snowstorm and stuff. It's, like, really easy to, like, for Snake to, like, catch cold and mm-hmm. then just be, like, screwed and then just get super sniped. And then a bunch of frogs will shoot you. Yeah. Um, Especially if you get lost and stuff like that. Um, and it's supposed to be like the solid eye getting turned off makes it harder for people to notice you. But I didn't really notice a difference in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the solid eye is supposed to – I think the night vision is supposed to make some type of noise or something like that. That they can detect yeah. you or something like that. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't really notice a difference in this. But maybe mm-hmm. other people would have a different sort of opinion on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, likewise, too, um, once you non-lethal her, um, I think for me it was kind of kind of in the same as the video. It was near where the Metal Gear Rex door is. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this fight, essentially after I non-lethaled her and it did the cut scene, which like it's more just like tits and ass <laughs> girl <laughs> videos. Yeah. Like it was just like, oh, of- why is this girl covered in placenta and why are we just looking at her ass? Yeah. Um, so... Um- when I was when I beat Crying Wolf, um, I was uh, my sister was downstairs watching it, and, <laughs> and I go, um, I'm gonna skip this. I'll watch it later. Oh no! <laughs> so, Did you watch it later? Yeah, I watched it later, but I was not about to watch this with them <laughs> sitting yeah. there. Yeah, right. Um, which congratulations to your sister. Uh, one of Isaac's sisters got married last weekend. Oh, nice. oh so, she's gonna get married. Big, big ups. Oh really? I thought it was this past weekend. No, that was something else. Ah, uh, related. Apologies. No. <laughs> oh, excuse me. It was the stag night. Yes. The yes, party. that's what that was. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, I, congratulations to your sister getting married Coming soon. Up. Yes, uh, I'll tell her you said yeah. that. <laughs> you should have given her her wedding gift early and shown her this placenta oh covered uh, hot lady. <laughs> no, she would have loved that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty much. I mean, at this point, like we're used to it. We've seen the yucky covered tna gooey girls um spoiler alert second part of the boss fight is hey hey a pretty lady wants to hug you make yeah. sure she doesn't um and that's pretty much it um i found the little statuette um for the crying wolf doll um in the trees like directly behind oh, really? snake after the cutscene was over so for me it was like a real easy like oh i took three steps backward and there it is <laughs> and hooray um and then i threw on the uh the v ring on the shotgun and just like took her down in like two or three shots when she wasn't dodging hmm. um i don't know how the second half of the fight went for you guys uh craven yeah i i just tried to just kind of because i just went guns a blazing through this whole thing just because i was also <laughs> oh, yeah. like while trying to be nostalgic also trying to speed through so doing a little bit of both but not spending mm-hmm. my too too much time on the enemies mm-hmm. but um but no on her i just kind of had my rifle cause i had that one i forgot what it was called but the one that you can completely customize and all that like get oh, all the stuff the Get a, I think. Uh, yeah, the M4, and I just kind of kept shooting side to side, just, just trying to make her. sure I can hit her. <laughs> and I was like, I just want this to be done. 
So in a way, uh, me, Isaac, and Craven all treated this part of the game uh, the way that married couples uh, that never have enough time treat scheduling sexual activity. Oh. It's kind of like, hey, let's do like Wednesday at 2. Does that work <laughs> so, for you? It's a good way of putting um, it. Yeah. It was just like, cool, I like this, but we got to just kind of get through this then real quick. Yeah. rush through it. <laughs> like, I'm doing this for work. <laughs> oh, no. I don't, do, I don't know about that part. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, – but yeah, so that's – I mean, that's a thing. Uh, Snake pretty much is just, like, lusting over this fucking rail gun again. Yeah, just like he, he did with the uh, the previous gun. He's picking it up, struggling um, to carry it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, which I thought was kind of great. Um, yeah. Isaac, did you have any sort of interesting, before we sort of conclude and wrap up with this cutscene, did you have any other interesting asides from the boss fight or for, for um, any of the rest of the parts that we've covered? Well, this is a carryover from when I watched the, the walkthrough, and I tried it, and it, it actually worked surprisingly well um they what the guy did and what i did was what you do is when it's the uh, when you're fighting the beauty um you do the kind of tumble forward i don't know what that i don't know what that's called but you hit x and you tumble forward x roll yeah x roll um you do it like right in front of her and it kind of stuns her a little bit and you do that twice and you get a free shot Instead of oh, shit. instead of her like shifting around when you shoot, you just run into her like twice and then you get a free shot. So that was Literally that worked no surprisingly idea. well. And it amazes me like the little things that are out there that you can do in these games up to this day that I never even heard of that yeah. you can do. And it's like man, people who are spending their time trying to figure this stuff out like trial and error. It's insane and ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like I had no idea. That's bananas. Nothing but praise to those people who had the time to do that. <laughs> a lot of time, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought it was cool too. Well, sick. Yeah. Um. So essentially, what ends up happening is uh, we have our. Um, there is a cool moment at the end of this, so I'm not just gonna like hate bash this whole thing. Um, but Drebin does his sort of obligatory like, "Hey, I laundered that gun that you wanted." Also, like. <laughs> Pull up, pull up the cover, son. I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> um, and so essentially it's like we start with like war-torn African ethnic cleansing village. Some like armed faction rolls into uh, crying, uh, crying wolf's uh, hometown. Um, she's left as a refugee. Uh, everyone's killed except for her and her baby brother. Um, they're wandering and they find the enemy unit kind of uh, – far away from their village and they hide in like a shack um her brother starts crying out of fear she like puts her hand on her brother's mouth um doesn't realize from her fear and the shock uh that once the enemies pass that she has killed her own brother um and then she carries this dead boy with her everywhere she goes um and she apparently was hallucinating a wolf that was walking with her Mm. um and eventually some refugee camp takes her in um there are tons of children crying everywhere and so she's kind of haunted by the memory of killing her brother um and she imagines that the wolf that's with her kills all the children when actually it's her killing all the yeah that's pretty crazy <laughs> little crazy, pretty little crazy. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah and like on the eve of like some enemies raiding this refugee camp which like i don't know what fucking world this is that this takes place in but everyone's getting raided by enemies at all times yeah. um essentially whenever the enemies show up to raid there's not a single child left alive because she killed all them babies yeah that's um, an insane that's story <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very it's very intense yeah. um 
And so unlike the previous ones, which I'm pretty sure the previous Beauty and Beast uh, folks to this point um, was essentially just like a weird, like, she's covered in ink and then feathers take her away and all these other things. (laughs) For this one, uh, it's kind of the same as the end of Sniper Wolf, where like a wolf shows up and kind of like mourns the loss. Yeah, um, mourns and carries her away. (laughs) Yeah, instead of Sniper Wolf, uh, the Sniper Wolf situation where the wolf kind of mourns and that's all we see. This wolf just straight steals <laughs> crying, yeah. crying wolf, which I thought was kind of kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's I mean she carries her on its back, and that's it. Uh, that's this boss fight. Um, did you guys have any sort of wrap up thoughts on the first part of this act um, before we kind of roll into the the wrap up? A well, plus. A plus. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it for Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was a really fun and exciting, especially just adding like little things here and there that we haven't seen before instead of making it pretty much like a complete mirror image to what we were used to from a different mm-hmm. point of view to actually making it just kind of new and different in I don't I don't know, it was just insanely fun and I I always enjoy kind of going back to it, hence me having a save file specifically for this section. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's super fun. It's a it's a it's a blast from the past. Yeah. Um, it's really really cool the way that they they pulled the the concept off, um, and it almost feels like in a weird way that the whole game was kind of built around this mm-hmm. um, in a sense for this moment. And I'm actually uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, to some extent, yeah. I feel like. They've done these little homages throughout the game, but it's 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 kind of weird to me that if this was supposed to sort of be the intended end of the entire series, it's interesting to me that they didn't try and pull something like this with like MGS2 or some sort of direct MGS3 homage. Um, I mean, I know that we did like the motorcycle stuff and like MGS2 influences all over this game, um, but it's interesting that they didn't like straight lift something like this sooner. Mm. But I'm glad that they didn't because it made this moment kind of make 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 it that much more impactful. Um, so yeah, that's that's dope. Um, just to kind of wrap up and kind of uh, do some housekeeping stuff real quick, I did want to say so, uh, like we'd kind of mentioned before. So Sam Wright uh, cannot join us this episode because he is on his way to moving to Seattle because of his sick new job. Once he gets to Seattle and gets all sort of uh, taken care of and all that jazz, um, we are going to have him on the next episode because this act means a lot to all of us. And Mm -hmm. Sam wants to be a part of Act 4. And we would love to have him be a part of Act 4. And likewise, uh, Craven, if you have the time to finish the act, uh, we are extending our invitation for you to kind of... Uh, rejoin us as well. I know originally Nick Fredo was supposed to be on the next episode, but he is also moving to California. Everybody's moving. Everybody's moving (laughs) to the West Coast. Me, um, I'm just I'm just moving in with my sister, just a you know a few <laughs> just up the street. But like, yeah, I'm moving as well at, the, uh, at this point. Yeah. Oh, I and, just moved too. I moved a mile, so everybody's yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm I I am grateful with the for the opportunity to uh, host again. So I'm I'm excited. I definitely finish up the game, specific, specifically for the show, and finish up the uh, long <laughs> cutscenes. But I do look forward to the end of it. So. That's awesome. And I'd love to have you and Sam on because I know both of you guys have like a very, very rich wrestling background. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think think me and Isaac's wrestling background is like to the extent of like the documentary Ultimate Christian Wrestling that a friend of ours did, (laughs) um, which is phenomenal. You should check it out. If you guys have not, it is a 
documentary about uh, Christian wrestlers in rural Georgia wow. um, hosting and creating their own wrestling federation. Yeah, um, it's super interesting. Even like even if you're not religious or if you are religious, it doesn't really say anything about the religious aspect. Mm-hmm. It just kind of shows you, yeah. um, which is super interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, you should check it out. It's um, always an interesting thing, like doing shows for. Because I've done wrestling shows in churches. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's very it's very interesting. So, but some typically those crowds aren't really all that into the wrestling itself. They just kind of tend to just be there. But um, sure. sometimes those shows can be kind of stressful because you feed off the crowd and the crowd doesn't really give you much. But for the most part, for sure. you know, a decent decent crowd, you know, can really make make a show more. So, but yeah, definitely, awesome. uh, you gotta give that give that a look. Yeah, man, it's super good. Um, but yeah, so uh, speaking of all that too, just to kind of segue into our uh, plugs from like a less of a housekeeping section. Um, Craven, uh, where can people check you out? I know that you host a podcast. I'm fairly certain it's wrestling related. Is that true? It's not. It's not wrestling related specifically. We do talk uh, a couple. We t- talk a little bit about wrestling. Um, I'm very much of a flip flopper when it comes to wrestling because I was kind of going mm-hmm. through a brief bitter boycott of professional wrestling because I just kind of you know with opportunities just kind of coming you know going past me and all that stuff I kind of stepped away from wrestling for a while so for about eight months I stepped away and and the bug has been kind of biting back at me a little bit so hence me making wrestling gear and all that so I got a couple shows lined up that are coming in the in the next couple months and all that but uh but no my podcast is the breaking night podcast night spelt k n y t e that's kind of how I chose to have the name spelt and all that but uh but no the breaking night podcast the idea is that we uh kind of break the night and stay up all night having conversations uh, about really interesting stuff. And uh, the show, I feel now, has kind of found its way. But we're actually going – because I, I host it with my buddy Sean Iredale, who I used to wrestle with, who is a comic book artist for his company, Amberland Studios. And you can check out his awesome. stuff, com. He's building that up with his friend Tyler Hansen and is all that. Is that Ambulance or Amberlance? Amberlance. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it was a – yeah, on one of the podcasts, he explains the origin of the name. It's it's pretty much exactly what you think. It's uh, just kind of like amazing. a play on the words of the song and all that stuff. But um, awesome. but Amber Lant Studios spelled exactly how it sounds. Hmm. Um, and you know he's he's a great artist. We have a mutual uh, you know interest in comic book stuff. So the the podcast pretty much you know mostly a podcast. Oh no, sorry, uh, mostly. Um, like creative stuff for the most part we have creative topics we try to stay in the creative realm since you know he does artist stuff and i do i like to make stuff i sew i make props and all that stuff and uh and that's a little business to try to get going because i really love making stuff for people and taking commissions for that and that's awesome and yeah, like an Etsy shop or anything like that. I don't have it. Find you on. I don't have an Etsy shop that I use. I usually kind of stick to kind of like Instagram and and Facebook and all that stuff. And like people can hit me up on there. I do have a website, but the website's pretty much garbage, so I don't worry about it right now. I'm not that not great true. with building a website or anything. No matter how simple they you try to make it. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have like a contact email or something that somebody I, could reach you out. I do. I do. It is uh, breaknightprops at gmail is what it is. That's awesome. And uh, if you want to co- contact me there, uh, but it's also at Craven Knight on Instagram, but also Brick Knight, at Brick Knight Props on Instagram as well. Also have some Facebook pages uh, to go along with those. But uh, but yeah, that's the thing. That's uh, The podcast is creative stuff, but also we talk, you know, other forms of media like comic books, movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, all the stuff that interests us that 
in the nerd realm, but always try to bring it all back to the creative realm because I feel like it's not that many creative podcasts or creativity-based podcasts because, you know, I'm a creative guy. I'm a very, um, like, uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of dude. I, like, dip my hand mm-hmm. in almost everything instead of just w- sticking to one thing. So, mm-hmm. uh so I do, I, I kind of, I kind of booking myself into a corner where it's like, I work full time, then I go to the gym and then I have to record a podcast and I got to edit a podcast. I got to make a prop. I got to make wrestling gear. I got to do this and that. I like yeah, to stay busy. Totally. So that's awesome. So, yeah. Though. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, along those lines too, speaking of creative things, shameless self plugs, um, we, uh, we just started on our Slack um, for our patrons. Uh, anybody who uh, wants to uh, kick a couple bucks to us via Patreon, which uh, all of that is the only thing supporting the show. So uh, we definitely appreciate all of that. Um, we just started a creative channel on our Slack um, because quite a few people have uh, talked about how um, sort of talking on the podcast or listening to the podcast has like kind of kick-started uh, a feeling in them to be a little bit more creative. Nice. Um, so we're going to be having uh, sort of creative discussions Likewise, if you do dig that style of podcast, we do have one sort of on the Forever Nationaut. I mean, I I don't want to say network. I hesitate to say network because we're only like two or three shows. But um, Forever Nationaut's show Nocturnal Transmissions, um, which is a digital filmmaking podcast. Um, we talk about screenwriting. Uh, we talk about uh, sort of community involvement, um, coming up with creative projects, stuff like that. So if that's your cup of tea, check that out as well. Um, real quick note. Um, I just wanted to say, so Forever an Astronaut just got the Dev Diary show is now on Amazon Prime Instant Video. Um, so it's not video on demand. It's not um, sort of the, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, I think it's like video direct that Amazon does for filmmakers. Um, this is like official Amazon Prime. If you are an Amazon Prime person, uh, you get the show for free now. Um, and you can stream it just like you would stream any other show that you enjoy. Um, and I wanted to kind of plug it here just to let you guys know, A, it's about creative shit, which is really cool. Um, but B, uh, we just got on the platform. We're just on Amazon Prime now officially um so if you look up dev diary it's the documentary tv show that we produce again totally out of pocket just because we love making shit for folks to check out um if you guys wouldn't mind giving us like a written review or a rating um getting written reviews and ratings within the first 30 days um, is extremely helpful to getting us like front page positioning or anything like that on prime so if you guys could take two seconds to just leave a quick review um and if you have prime definitely just watch it um watch the show at least watch the first episode um and then leave a review um but i just wanted to plug that likewise we're running a little bit of like a contest um thanks to isaac and uh myself for spending way too much money on stuff um i have three digital codes for the new gorillas album humans um regardless of how you feel about the record because i'm not super hot on the record um (laughs) it's it's still solid uh there's some good stuff on it Um, but we have three codes um two of them are digital slash uh, physical potential hybrid codes. One of them is digital only. If you want to be entered for a chance to win access to any of those codes, um, hit us up via Twitter. Um, share actu- uh, actual. Actually, you can share hashtag Metal Gear Mondays or hashtag uh, 
uh, Dev Diary Podcast um, and tag either Forever an Astronaut or myself, which is at AC Summerfield, with like a link to the show, and we'll automatically enter everybody in for a chance to win a digital copy or a physical copy of Humans, um, the new Gorillas record. But yeah, that's my fucking wall of plugs. Um, if you guys have any sort of written responses for Act 4 or any of the Metal Gear Solid 4 acts besides five um you can hit us up at contact at foreverinastronaut.com or you can uh, hit me up on twitter um either hashtag metal gear mondays or at ac summerfield and you can like us on facebook we have 190 likes on facebook if we get 10 more zachary james will have to destroy a cartridge of snake's <laughs> revenge on video for everyone um so for the love of christ just invite 10 people already i want to see this thing fire. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. Um, Isaac, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything cool people should check out? Um, like <laughs> not right now. Maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. You heard it here, folks, guys. Isaac's working on a super secret project. Heard it here yeah. first. Um, <laughs> I'll let you guys sweet. know. Wink. Well, cool. Wink. No, this has been a fucking killer episode, Craven. Uh, really nice to have you on the podcast. I do have a question, and I think I brought this up the very first time that you ever wrote into us. Mm-hmm. You didn't get the name Craven from like Craven the Hunter from Spider Man, did you? No, actually, I it, it came up weird, uh, almost as if I made up the name Craven myself. But uh, oh, it okay. came up for me just kind of coming up with different names. I wanted something that sounded dark, so I was like, first thing that came to mind was like crazy, crazen, 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 <laughs> yeah, crazen, crazy Raven, <laughs> crazy crazy. But um, then I was like. <laughs> Then I was like, uh, "Craven sounds like a cool name. Like it doesn't sound like I, I, it doesn't sound like a name I've heard uh, very much." And I'm explaining why. There's a reason why people don't use that name. But um, but yeah, I came up with Craven. I was like, "Craven, uh, you know, I like the first last name basis. Craven Knight. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of Batman. Uh, so like Dark Knight thing. But if I use Knight, I want to spell it different. But obviously, people are going to spell it wrong all the time because people have spelled it every which way but the correct way." Yeah. So totally. once I finally got on a poster and they spell my name correctly, I'm I'm happy. But like, uh, but no, I came up with Craven Knight that way. Just trying to think, like you know, it just sounded cool, kind of rolls off the tongue pretty easily. But uh, it didn't. I came up with it when I was like 18, and you know, fairly ignorant to the English language. I didn't realize back then that Craven means coward. <laughs> oh. oh <no. laughs> but but for 12 years in the wrestling business. Or at least under that, anyway. I kind of just stuck with it, and it can it can be used as fodder for uh, for promos against me and, and all that stuff, which is <laughs> and all that stuff. So I, but I dig who's, name. Who's taking out political ads against? Me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. Are you okay? Are you safe? Do you need a place to stay. I think I need a place to stay. If you got a shed that I can, I can probably shack up with Isaac in the shed that he's being tortured in. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. In the bunker. Yeah. But no, like I, you know, I dig the name. I like the way it rolls off the tongue. My real name is Luis, but I just kind of, it's a very boring Spanish name. I'm the least Spanish person that I know. So, uh, I like Luis. It's all right. (laughs) But I isn't uh, isn't Luis also like the main character of uh, Ballad of Gay Tony, the Grand Theft Auto 4 expansion, I think? I think so, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I always try to look for a reason, like, oh, Luis is a cool name. But no, I just, you know, I kind of st- stick with Craven because I think it's cool. And I have a cool logo a buddy of mine came up with, uh, helped me come up with the CK where like the C, the the middle of it is kind of like the front of the C and the back of the K and it looks really cool. So I kind of like branded myself with that and I love that logo. So um, Hold on, hold on. You might think I'm crazy. What if you went by 
Luis CK. <laughs> trust me trust me that has oh, crossed my mind I always I always try to put the connection together if it wasn't for that oh it'd be pretty much the exact same thing that's hilarious yeah that would be phenomenal yeah that's awesome you should try and sell out comedy shows be like Louis C.K. <laughs> is coming to Minneapolis yeah the ignorant the ignorant fans would be like oh my god we're gonna see Louis C.K. and then it's like who the hell is this bald built Spanish dude <laughs> <laughs> oh he must be the opener let's let's stick around yeah no, that's but, yeah. awesome well cool um so i'm trying to think real quick oh and real quick as well sorry for people that are patrons uh thank you number one um number two um i really quick wanted to let everybody know that at some point in the next i want to say in the next week but more realistically probably the next two to three weeks i'm going to be building out like a patron specific login part of the website for forever nationat and we will be uploading some really cool shit like behind the scenes photos um also like unreleased scans of like working scripts from shoots um and like pre-production booklets um but also putting like archival stuff like old films that nobody can see and like the feature film edit for dev diary season one is going to be there which is only festival access right now um and we're also going to be putting up sizzles for like super top secret shows that we're trying to pitch to production companies and agencies right now so you will be the only ones to see them um so that shit's cool and i just wanted to make a mention of it um craven do you wanna do you wanna say the thing that we get people to say sometimes to finish the show? Uh, well it's just a box. Oh, it's just a box. 